Hey, this is Pastor Michael Alfaro from The Calling Church. I'm so excited that you're listening to our church podcast. I pray that it blesses you and encourages your faith. Awesome, so great. So great to see you. Uh, uh, baseball is officially back. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap for that. All right. I don't know the record of the Dodgers, but they're playing the Rockies, so it's pretty much they're going to take that series. All right. Uh, um, uh, we're going to say a prayer for the Lakers because, I don't know, L.A. demands more. I'm just going to say it. All right. L.A. demands more. I don't know if you know, uh, I love sports, um, uh, uh, but Lakers had a, an amazing team, and they fell way. They didn't even make the playoffs. Psh, anyway, we'll just move on to the Dodgers, all right? <laughs> we are so grateful that you're in the house today. My name is Pastor Michael. Thank you for joining us online. If you're with us for the first time, relax. Don't get nervous in the service. We're not going to put a camera in your face. We just, we just want to serve you. That's our goal in this church and our, and our ministry. We're about service, amen, and serving the people of God. We love you so very much, and we're thankful an honor that you'd worship with us today. Um, we are going to continue our series. We've been in a series, a collection of talks, talking about a series called What We're About. What We're About. Okay, say it with me. What We're About. All right. If you don't like we're, you can say we are about. All right. What we are about. All right. And uh, over, I shared this before, over the course of the last two years, I've just been praying and thinking about direction for our church and asking God uh, I often think of God as my compass, as my north star. I'm not the captain of my own life. God is not, uh, excuse me, I'm not the captain of this church. Jesus is the good shepherd. He's the captain of this church. So when you look around, it's not that Pastor Michael brought someone or your friend brought some, someone here to this church. It's Jesus. They're, you're here today because Jesus is moving in you. Amen. Somebody say amen, all right. We're following God's lead. And uh, we are in our fourth installment of our uh, of our series, and we're going to continue on with our values. Don't worry, all right? Um, uh, uh, we will get into our Easter message next week. I won't talk about our values next week, all right? I'll talk about resurrection, all right, because that is so needed. And by the way, I want to uh, uh, piggyback off of Ronnie. Uh, you should invite someone to service. They most likely will come with you on Easter, and you never know what someone's going through. You never know what someone's facing. You might think that your neighbor has the perfect marriage. You don't know. You might think that man who has a, he was a CEO, a business leader, a supervisor, he got it going on because he got a Tesla, he got a poodle, and whatever, he got a nice pool. I don't know. That doesn't mean he got it going on, all right? You don't know what people are going through. And often, uh, ha having been a pastor in this city, I have seen many, many, many people who have it going on who don't have it going on, if you know what I'm saying. Amen? And God, God wants to move, and that's why we're here in this city. We're not here to sing kumbaya on these four walls with our giant red curtains, all right, which I don't like. I've never liked, okay? <laughs> Blood of Jesus. I don't know, all right? But uh, whatever. We're here to make a difference and make an impact on behalf of Jesus Christ, amen, to make a difference, to break yokes, to break change, to preach freedom in his name, amen. That's our, our goal. So, so don't be scared to invite someone. Uh, you never know what someone's facing. It could be a coworker. You may never know. They may say, I've been going to church like I grew up in church. Oh, well, let's go. All right? <laughs> um, yeah, so you don't, don't be afraid of that. So we're going to continue our series today, and we are going to talk about two more values. Overall, we have seven values. 
our mission of our church. We talked about in our first service. Our first service uh, was talking about our mission and our vision. And we really want you to know that. Why? Because we want you to know where you're going when you're here. All right? We want you to be part of our journey, part of the mission. And we don't ever want you to question, hey, where are we going? What, we're, what are we about? All right? Some churches and some leadership and some companies, I don't know about you, but I, pro- I, think, I believe in transparency. All right? I believe in being open. If, you, if you're transparent, there's nothing to hide. If there is something to hide, then, you, there's not, then people won't share, right? For us, we're about Jesus. And we're, we're so passionate about Jesus. That's why we started this church. So we've been in this series to share what we're about, our mission. Say mission. Our mission is our objective. What's the mission? I think a mission impossible. Remember that? Like, that's, yeah, anyway. Our, my love, my, anyway, I'll just leave that there. All right. That's really old, right? <laughs> mission impossible, all right? Um, uh, I was just, I got a thought and I started thinking Scientology all of a sudden. That just, wow, rabbit trail. Anyway, all right. Uh, don't join the Scientology church. I'll just say, you know why? Here's the here's You can't leave it. All right. <laughs> they will get you. They won't let you leave, all right? That's called a cult. Anyway, that's teaching 101, all right? All right, now where, am I, where was I? Oh, yeah, so mission, our mission. What's the objective? The objective of our church is choosing Jesus. We want to choose Jesus. We want to choose Jesus every day. Choosing Jesus, uh, choosing, uh, love is about choice. Sometimes my wife doesn't wake up and she's like, I'm kissing. I wish sometimes I woke up, my wife was kissing me. That's TMI, all right? Kissing me and hugging me. Sometimes she wakes up, she don't want anything to do with me, all right? <laughs> love is choice. And God wants us to choose him every day, all right? Every day, spirit-led, a, 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 a relationship with Jesus. I will preach forever for the rest of my life that Jesus didn't come to have a religion with you. He didn't come to have an empty, dogmatic, pious, empty religion that you do something because, and you don't even know why you do it, all right? God wants a relationship with you. Every day you wake up, Jesus is waiting for you. Every day you wake up, Jesus wants to show you tangibly that he's real in your life. Just like that amazing story that Ronnie shared. That was a beautiful story. Never heard that before. God wants a relationship with you. Say relationship. I'm going to try to say it in Spanish. Dios quiere una relación con usted. Okay, let's go. I'm preaching now. All right, one day we'll get there. He wants a relationship with you because he loves you. The Bible says in the Old Testament that he has more thoughts about you than the very sand on Santa Monica Beach. That's how much he thinks about you. What is the, what is the son of man that you care about him, that you think about him? So our choosing Jesus is our objective. All right, it's part of our mission. Uh, 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 choosing Jesus, um, I'm totally blinking out now. Choosing Jesus, chasing freedom. Freedom, I can't tell you how many Christians are bound up. They're bound up in the, the past. They're bound up in the divorce. They're bound up in the brokenness. They're bound up in the life that they live. But my goal for us in this church is to realize what the cross means. In fact, I'm preaching that on Good Friday. So take a, be a part of that. What the cross means is freedom. That Jesus died a horrible, painful, uh, uh, you know the word excruciating comes from the word crucifixion. Excruciating pain. So that we wouldn't be enslaved in our life, but that we would have a free life in Jesus' name. I want to speak to someone, maybe you might be bound on drugs. Maybe your marriage is bound. Maybe your thinking is bound. Maybe you're stuck in the past. Maybe you keep telling yourself you're not good enough. Jesus Christ died on the cross so that you can live free of those things in his holy name. Somebody say amen. Freedom. Say freedom. Chasing freedom. We, we, part, we're, we try to attain that through life groups. 
through coming to church and preaching the gospel, discovering our gifts. I talked about week one. All right, God, we all have been given gifts. The church is not built on the gift of one. It's built on the gift of many. Amen. And then serving Jesus in the church and serving Jesus in the world. If you haven't watched that, take, take a look at that. That's part one. I talked about our, our mission and our vision. And over the last few weeks, we've been talking about our values. All right. Our values, number one, we talked about people, our passion. Number two, excellence is our priority. Be an excellent per, uh, person. Be excellent. I promise you, you go places, homie, in this life, all right? Be excellent. Excellent. We talked about being prepared, all right? Uh, uh, excellence is our priority. Uh, generosity is our privilege. Community is our paradigm. I preached about that last week. Now we're going to talk about two more values. Y'all ready? All right? How many have been liking this series anyway? All right? I appreciate the two people. God bless you. I'll give you some money later. No. All right? I, I, I want you to know, to be honest, not for you. But for Christ, because I love Christ, because I live for an audience of one, that I pour my heart and my soul into this. And I promise you that if you want to be a leader, if you want to go places in your life, watch this sermon series. Get, get, make it, just consume it. Because I promise you it is completely biblical. And I'm a biblical guy. I preach the Bible, the word of God, all right. I, I preach what my professors and doctors and double, the, double doctor theologians have poured into me. Because this is real heavy Awesome stuff, amen. So take a look at it. Today we're going to talk about leadership, and we're going to talk about uh, uh, my next one is leadership, and my next one is uh, multiplication. Say when say leadership, and say multiplication. You're like, what does that have to do with anything? We're going to get into it today. Leadership, leadership is our fifth value. At the calling, watch this, leadership, I have it on the, the screen and online. We have, you can download the PDF. You may be given this papers. Leadership is our pledge. At the calling church, we value leadership. Watch this, because it is a significant, say significant. It is a significant theme and quality within the scriptures. How many are aware or know, have you read Bible stories, you see some amazing leaders within the biblical text from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Someone once said, I heard a great preacher say this one time, whenever God wants to solve a problem, he doesn't just solve it, bam, miracle. He creates a leader to solve it. Moses, David, Jeremiah. And let me tell you, uh, regardless if you lead many people or you lead just one, success is faithfulness. Let me say that again. Success is faithfulness. Who was more who was more successful, Jeremiah or Jonah? Jeremiah who no one would listen to or Jonah who a multitudes got uh, saved so to speak. They were both uh, successful because they were both faithful. If you want to go places in your faith and in your life, success is faithfulness. Oh, come on, somebody. You hear me out there. Be faithful with your position. Be faithful with your post. It don't matter if nobody's watching. Watch this. Live for an audience of one. God is always watching. And when you're faithful to God, God will promote you uh, uh, publicly. Come on, someone. You out there. Be faithful wherever. God, I don't like my job. God, I'm tired. They'll treat me like, like junk. God, I don't like this. Be faithful unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you don't give up, you'll reap a harvest one day. Come on, someone say amen. At the Calling Church, we value leadership because it's significant. Leadership is all, watch this. Leadership is all about influence and impact. Say influence and impact. We value leadership because we want to inspire. I'm a big person on inspiration. You know, the biblical text was inspired by the Holy Spirit. 
We want it to inspire people to become devoted followers of Jesus in alignment with our mission and our vision. In other words, for us to attain our mission and our vision, our vision is to, we exist to, uh, uh, to make a devoted dis- disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. In order to attain that, we need to ha- be, become leaders. You see that? So we, we want to uh, uh, become, uh, create devoted followers of Jesus in alignment with our mission and our vision. We are, watch this, we are eager to de- develop volunteers, leaders, pastors, within, people within our church to become leaders at home, to be leaders in the ministry, to be leaders in the marketplace, to be leaders in society. Do you guys get that? We want you to come to church because we want to help you. In this place, we value leadership. We want it to be part of our culture, leadership, so that you um, are exercising that leadership. And by the way, you are most likely a leader. You say, Michael, I'm not a leader. Are you a mom? Are you a father? Are you a grandparent? Are you a dog dad? I don't know. Okay. (laughs) All right. You most likely have some influence somewhere. You guys hearing me? You have some influence somewhere. Say, Michael, I can't lead because I never had anyone to lead me. We'll get into that. But God wants you to become a leader. All right. He wants you to become a good leader. And I want to bring this about through the scripture leadership. I believe that the church should be the one to set the temperature in this globe. We shouldn't simply react to the, te- uh, to, we, we shouldn't say, oh my God, it's getting hot in here. We are the ones that set the tone in this world. Come on, somebody, as Christians, you're out there, all right? We're called to be great leaders. Watch this. Leadership is not just about authority, all right? I want you to hear this. Leadership is just because you got the badge, just because you may have the title, just because you got the office at the end of the building and you got, you got a great view, it don't mean you're a leader, you hear what I'm saying? You might have, we may, people have authority, but that doesn't mean leadership. Leadership means influence and leadership means impact, all right? Because you could put one good leader in the mix of bad apples and that good leader will change the tone of those bad apples. I think about, I think about a hero of mine, David, and the mighty man in, in the wilderness. These men were ragtag. These men were uh, rejected. But, man, David was a good leader. He transformed them by his character, by his integrity, by his belief, by his conviction. I'm here to tell someone you ought to change the environment of your workplace. You ought to change the environment of the home place, of the business place, of the marketplace. You're called to be a leader, and a leader has impact. Come on, someone, you out there. When I think about a leader, I think about my Lord and my Savior, Jesus, who took a ragtag team of nobody, so to speak, and transformed them and inspired them. That that they would give their very own lives for the cause of the the greatest cause, the gospel. Peter would go on to say, don't crucify me like Jesus. Crucify me upside down. Why? I'm not worthy to die like my Lord and Savior. Let me tell you, you hang around Jesus, you know Jesus, you be with Jesus. Let me tell you, you will become a leader in no time in, the, in Jesus' name. That's why you need a relationship with him. Religion don't do that, by the way. Hello, relationship does. Leadership is not just about authority. Just because you got the keys to the building don't mean that you're a good leader. Watch this. We need to reevaluate leadership and think about how we're influencing people and influencers. And by the way, oh my gosh, don't think about Instagram influencers. They are a picture like, you know, whatever, like, I don't, I don't know. Those are not influencers. 
That's a picture. That doesn't take no work. And, we you know, it's so funny because the whole frame, when you take a picture, you don't see all the frame. It's a joke, right? Come on. Don't, don't. Moms, let me just tell you in the name of Jesus. The mom that is like, oh, look at me and my perfect family. No. No. Okay. One time my wife, she was watching, I'm not making fun of her or anything, but she brought, she, there was a woman, a, a mom, a wife, she was a celebrity. She said, oh, man, look at that. She's a great mom. And I said, she's not, that's not real life. She didn't grow up in Almaty. She didn't grow up in Azusa. She didn't, no, that's not real. She has an assistant. She has someone watching her dog. She has someone changing her kids. That, that's not real. That's not influence. I'm sorry. All right. Influence is someone who takes the time to read the room to read the team, to take time to be an excellent person, to, to, to transform the atmosphere and the climate and make people better. I'm grateful for the great leaders in my life, in the ministry. Let me tell you, I, 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 God has put great coaches in my life. Who, who, who is a leader that you look up to? Who is a leader that you've looked up to in your life? For many of us, it's a teacher. So you know, you know how, 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 much it, how we know that we've had great leaders because some of us are 30, 35, 40 years old, but we still remember that teacher in second grade. We still remember that, we still remember that coach when we played T-ball or we played, you know, whatever, football. All right. Who is a great leader in your life? And think about the qualities that made them a great leader. We're going to get into that too. All right. So leadership doesn't just mean authority. Leadership means impact and influence. All right. And I have a question for you today. The question my wife asked me several years ago. I want to repeat it to you. Do you want to be a leader or do you want to be a manager? There's a difference and a distinction. I, I, I remember a few years ago I worked at a company and I was called to oversee, uh, you know, a few staff members and a, a, a site of 100 kids and, and, you know, in education. It was awesome and it was stressful at times. I remember coming home one time and I said, man... I really almost hate my staff. <laughs> I really don't like them. And she just was listening. And I said, I really, I just, they get on my nerves. They don't do what I, they don't do what I say. How many of you have staff members? They don't listen to me. And I'm thinking about firing them, all of them. I'll do it myself. Right? I don't, I don't want to work with them. And she asked me a question one day. And I was like, what, did you drink in that Kool-Aid? She said, do you want to be a leader or do you want to be a manager? And I grew up in church and I was a leader in the church. I just wasn't taking it to work. So I was like, I'm done. Let them go to the hell. I don't know. You know, the, <laughs> let the, I don't care about them, right? And I didn't realize at the time that God was exercising my leadership with people that I did not like. Because he was preparing me one day to lead a church. Amen. He was preparing to, to promote my leadership, so to speak. All right. And so she asked me, do I want to be a leader or a manager? I want to ask you the same question today. Do you want to be a leader or do you want to be a manager? You know, uh, it doesn't take much work to just supervise and manage, but it takes a leader to be a problem solver. Amen. It takes a leader to read the room. It takes a, a leader to uh, 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 come up, to be ingenuitive and creative about situations. Amen. And watch this. Christians are called, chosen, and saved to be leaders in the world, in the home, in the community, in the marketplace, in the workspace, and everyone, every space in between. Precisely because we are called to influence. Say influence. We are called to be light. Watch this. Light is influential. We're called to be salt. Salt is 
influential. We're called to be ambassadors. Ambassadors are influential of the kingdom of God. God desires you to be a leader by reflecting the light of Jesus, by being the spice and flavor that this world desperately needs. We're called to show people in this world that there is another place called heaven and the kingdom of God. Christians are called to be leaders. So let your light shine. So be the salt of the earth. You guys out there today, I want to give you five qualities that make a great leader. You guys ready? Five qualities that make a great leader. Number one, write this down, by the way. Take this to your job. Teach it to your team. I promise you, you will be successful. All right? These are just seven, all right, excuse me, seven. There's so much more great qualities of being a leader. But number one, if you're on my staff, I want you to take notes. All right? I'm, I'm going to talk to you about this, all right? Leaders are, watch this, number one, listeners. Leaders are listeners. They listen before they speak. If you really want to influence people and influence a team and change a team, don't say anything. If you really want to transform your family, you really care about your family, just listen to your kids. Just listen. Great leaders are great listeners. They listen before they speak. If you want to be influential and effective, an effective leader, you must listen. Part of my job as a pastor, more than I speak, is to listen. And I don't just listen to people's uh, words. I listen to their hearts. Because out of the overflow of the, uh, the heart, the mouth speaks. Listen to your family. Listen to your kids. Listen to your dog. Listen to your chihuahua. No, I'm just kidding. Your coworkers. Listen more. Talk less. You guys out there today? Can I get a good amen, a hanky wave, something like that, all right? I don't know about you, but I'm feeding my soul right now. Jesus is feeding my soul. Listen more. Talk less. Listen more. Talk less. Some of us talk too much. Me, all right? Talk, talk less, and you'll be able to lead better, all right? How about number two, coachability. Say coachability. Great leaders are, are coachable. Great, I learned this in the ministry. And by the way, let me just say, I'm so grateful for the church. I'm so grateful for the leaders of the church that I grew up in because they developed me. They discipled me. They corrected me. They rebuked me at times. And they cared for me. They had compassion for me. And their leadership has raised me up. I believe that is what the church of Jesus Christ ought to do and should do. Amen. Great leaders, number two, are coachable. If you're not coachable, you ain't going to go nowhere in your life. Let me tell you, if you know it all, you can't do much. Or, or, or you, if you're... You're not going to be, uh, or let me just read that what I wrote. Great leaders are learners. Watch this. Coachability. Great leaders are learners. To keep leading, leaders must keep learning. Bad leaders stop learning. If you stop growing today, you'll stop leading tomorrow. Isn't that good? Keep growing. Read books. Keep learning from others before you. I love watching Rick Warren. I love watching other great ministers. I love having the mentors I have because I'm a sponge. I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to just, I want to be all that God has called me to be. I want to live up to my potential. So that means uh, 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 learning, learning, growing, and growing. If you don't want to grow, you won't go nowhere. But coachable people will grow and will go places in this life, in the ministry, and in their company, so to speak. And someone out there, say amen. The third quality of being a great leader is character. Say character. Great leaders have integrity and live honorably and honestly in private as well as in public. We have a well, uh, leaders have a, great leaders have a well-rounded personality. They are prudent, careful, humble, respectful, desiring to be complete. Leadership is about building trust. And watch this. People who trust you will follow you. 
That's why character is important. The fourth one is courage. Say courage. Courage. Great leaders are courageous because they are not deterred by danger, negativity, fear, or pain. Let me say that again. Great leaders learn the, or excuse me, great leaders are courageous because they're not deterred by danger, negativity, fear, or pain. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be around cowards. I don't want to hang around some cowards. I want to I want to live up to some of the most amazing Christian and Christian men and women that I've uh, that I've got to uh, uh, do faith with that that I read about in textbook like John Wesley or Charles Spurgeon or Billy Graham or or Rick Warren. I want to I want to lead well, so I want to hang around courageous followers of Christ. I want to let you know that if you're a believer, you come from amazing stock. You come from amazing group of people who died at the stake for their faith, who stood up for their conviction, who did not give in to society, who did not give in to a company but stood their ground in their faith. Christians are called to be courageous in the name of Jesus. That's how we transform and influence and impact the culture around us. I shared a story last week of me uh, standing up to my professor who was talking about inconvenient truth, eating people. All right, We have to stand our ground in Jesus' name. But what I'm not saying is be rude, callous, and insensitive and unloving. Don't hear me wrong. But I don't know about you, but I want to be around courageous men and women of God. I want to be part of the great stock of church history and church leaders that have believed on the name of Jesus. And look at, look, look at the disciples. I'm going to pause right here and, and, and just uh, uh, exposit this part. Look at the disciples themselves. And I want to let you know that also women of God in church history have been so courageous. And they don't get any... any um, uh, did you say preach? I don't know what you said. What did you say? Credit. That's right. I thought she was like, preach it, pastor. No. It's the truth. You know who was there at the cross was Mama Mary, Mary Magdalene, women who loved Jesus. You know where the men were at? They were scared. There was only one, John the Beloved. All the rest were hiding. They had reason to hide. They were afraid. Remember Peter got down like this? He's like, I'll die for you right now, Jesus. And Jesus is like, really? He's like, no, you're not, bro. The rooster is going to crow three times and you're going to deny? You're going to deny me? That's heavy. Man, that just, that just what, Jesus? I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm Peter, the one that walked on the water with you? I'm not going to die for you? I'm going to deny you? Yeah, yeah. So he wasn't even there. Remember a little girl asked him, Do you, oh, that, that guy, that Galilean. And you know why they, you know why in Jerusalem they knew that they hung around Jesus? You know why? Because they had a Galilean accent. That guy, that guy sounds like him. He talks like he, yeah, he hung around him. I don't know him. Just a little girl. I don't know him. <laughs> I don't know him. But look what Jesus did. His compassion, his love, and his mercy restored Peter, the great Peter, to give his life for his Savior. I don't know about you, but I want to be like the other part of Peter and John and Matthew. I want to live for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I want to stand up for, in my generation to say that Jesus is God. And there is no other way. There is no other truth. There is no other life but the name of Jesus. He's the only one that brings healing and hope and true purpose in our life. I want to be courageous in my walk, in my faith, and in my life. Somebody say amen. Number five, communication. What makes a great leader say, uh oh, communication? <laughs> communication. Great leaders learn the art form. Communication is an art form, but it's a skill that needs to be learned. 
all right? Because you can't have impact if we can't send a message. Great leaders have the ability to read the team, to read the room, and read the environment, say the right thing at the right time to connect. Let me just pause on this real quick. You know what makes real great leaders? What makes one very great quality, and it's not on here, but this is probably the most important one, real great leaders are great because great leaders are great connectors. Every teacher that impacted your life, every professor, every, uh, uh, every coach, every person that has ever impacted your life and had influence in your life, what did they do well? They connected with you so well. They could, I think about Mr. Johnson when I went to East L.A. Community College. Let's go. All right. I remember uh, he was African-American man, maybe in his 40s. And the way he spoke in speech class was just so inspiring. He just like went right into my soul. And he had a great impact on my life because I asked him, Mr. Johnson, I know this may be hard, but I want to I, I talk about the Bible and God in my speech classes. And little did I know that God was using that to prepare me for ministry. Come on, someone. Great, great leaders are great connectors. They connect with you. They listen to you. They understand you. They sit with you. They walk with you in your shoes. They have impact because they have connection. And maybe right now you're not having great impact on your kids or your team. Watch this because they feel that you don't connect with them. Take them out to coffee. Say, I'm here to listen to you. If you want your marriage to grow and go places, take your wife out of coffee and just listen to your wife or your husband. All right? Just listen. Great leaders are great connectors. Great preachers are great connectors. I think about the great preachers and leaders and sermons that have impacted and influenced my life. It's because they have had great connection. I love the pastors that I served under. They were vulnerable. They shared and they were open and transparent about their own doubts, about their own walk and their own journey with Jesus. It wasn't like, look at me. I'm perfect. I'm holy. I can't get there. Come on, someone. You know what I'm saying? That's why I, I partly lead the way I do. Connection. Say connection. Connection. All right. Number six, vision. Great leaders have the ability to see beyond. Watch this. This is huge. Great leaders have the ability to see beyond the current situation, the current status, the current scenario. They can visualize the future and make it a reality. See, right now you might be going through hell, but don't stay there. Don't keep looking at hell. Keep looking beyond the, the scenario, the situation, the brokenness, and one day you'll get there. Come on, somebody. Great leaders don't get fixated on the moment. They are focused on the overall goal. I love what Jesus said. Look at Jesus. Jesus is a visionary. Jesus is a great leader, the best leaders. He said, uh, for the joy, but for the joy set before him, he suffered and endured the shame and dis, uh, of the cross, all right, because he saw beyond the Friday, he knew what was coming on Sunday. That's what was able, that was why he was able to get through it. See, so I want to preach to someone today. Maybe you're going through hell. Maybe you're going through a hard time. Don't keep your mind and your eyes and your heart on, on the brokenness and the pain and the issue today. Keep your mind on tomorrow. Come on. And you will get there. All right. I can see why it would be hard for us to get through a mess if all we did was dwell in it and just sit in it. But God wants us to get through it. Come on, somebody. Amen. Next one is passion. Passion. Great leaders are infectious, aren't they? They change the environment. Their commitment and enthusiasm is a catalyst of inspiration and transformation. So we value leadership 
Because of these things, we want to transform our community. We want to be light, salt, ambassadors for Christ. We want to influence and impact people to go back out in the world and make a great difference for Jesus. Someone out there say amen. John chapter 10 verse 2 through 5 says this. I won't go, or I'll say Romans. Actually, we can go to Romans. Look at Romans. says, for, watch this. And you know what I think the best leaders do? They follow God. For all who are led by the Spirit of God, you see that? Led by the Spirit of God are children of God. One mistake you will make if you ever do this, it will be, you will crash and burn. And, and through my studies, my biblical studies, and through theology, I've never seen this in the text. I've never seen a leader in the Bible get in front of God. Who is a man that God should get behind them? When I look at Moses and I look at David and I look at Joshua, they all led by being behind God, by listening to God. I want to challenge someone today. Are you getting ahead of God? Maybe you feel the pressure. Maybe you feel broken. Maybe you feel like quitting your job. Maybe you feel like quitting that marriage. Are you getting ahead of God? My question to you is get, or my statement to you is get behind God and follow God. Look at John chapter 10, a wonderful illustration of Jesus' leadership. But he who enters by the door, watch this, is the shepherd of the sheep, the protector and the provider. Uh, the doorkeeper uh, opens the gate for this man and the sheep hear his voice. And they pay attention to it, knowing that they listen. He calls, he calls his own sheep, watch this, by name. He doesn't call the whole herd. He calls each sheep by name and leads them out to pasture. When he has brought all his own sheep outside, he walks on ahead of them. And That's another leadership principle. He walks on ahead of them. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice and they recognize his call. They will never follow another stranger, but will run away from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. In other words, watch this. Jesus, the, the Old Testament, Old Testament theology, took courses on this. They always liken in the Old Testament Jesus or God uh, as a shepherd. And what does a shepherd do? A shepherd goes in front of the sheep. The sheep follow the shepherd. The shepherd turns around. He can call and distinguish every sheep uh, 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 by name. In other words, God is a good leader. Follow him and you'll be at the right place at the right time when you need to be there in the name of Jesus. Follow God. Don't get ahead of God. Get behind God. All right? And sometimes if you're like me in life, you want your excitement, your passion, you want to get ahead of him. And God's like, you know what? Go ahead. Go try it. Go ahead. Do it. God, I need you. Where'd you go? <laughs> you know, he, he, sometimes he'll, you want the keys to the car? Go ahead. Then you're, you know, then you're in an ambulance after or something. No, I was kidding. All right. Don't get ahead of God. All right. Get behind God. He is a great lead, uh, leader, a good, and more than just a great leader, he's a good shepherd. Amen. Here's value number six, and I'm going to land the plane soon as fast as I can with this point. But multiplication is our purpose. Say it with me. Multiplication is our purpose. It's our biblical mandate. We believe in the value of multiplication, all right, because it is a biblical mandate. Matthew chapter 28 verse 18 says, go therefore into all of the world, teaching, uh, teaching everyone to obey my commands, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. You know what's really interesting, and I really want to park this in your mind because it's a side note, but it's very vital. You know, this is called the Great Commission, Jesus says, go into all the world or go into all the nations. 
I just want to park this in your mind for a second, and I don't have time to preach on it. The Greek word for nations is the Greek word ethnos. Say ethnos. This means ethnicity. What God is telling his disciples is to go, that's why they went to different countries, is to not take away their culture, but add Jesus to their culture, all right, and to teach them the values in, of the Bible and the gospel. This means that, that, that in churches, every ethnicity should be represented if it can be. Come on, somebody. You hear what I'm saying? God cares about our race. And part of the biggest issue that we're facing in society today is that the church says race issues over there. The church needs to embrace this because the Bible says that every tongue, every tribe, and every nation, every ethnos will be seen in heaven praising God saying he, he worthy, worthy is the lamb. Come on somebody. So the church keeps saying no, no, we won't talk about this. You know what? That's not biblical. The Bible says go into all the ethnos. So at our church, we believe in diversity, and it does make us better, but we're not going to pride one over the other. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I'm like, we, we talk about other issues in culture, but I'm a brown man. I'm a Mexican man. I'm, you, what about my issues? Come on, somebody. What about my people? Come on, you're out there, all right? Jesus cares about ethnos, and every tribe, every tongue, every nation will be found. So as long as the church keeps distancing that, there ain't nobody going to come to church. Because people need that. Amen. Somebody say amen. All right. Multiplication is our purpose. Watch this. Acts chapter 12 verse 24. I'll, I'll end soon. I promise. But the word of the Lord continued to grow. Say grow. And to be multiplied. The Greek word for multiplied is the word aphisonai. That's a hard one. Aphisonai. All right. Watch this. Multiplied means aphisonai. We're called to multiply. Why? We're called to make disciples. We're called to make leaders. We're called uh, to have influence, all right? The word means aficeno, aficeno, all right? It means to increase, say increase. It means to grow or it means to spread. Say spread. It means to spread. Now, when I think of spread, I like to think of food, all right? I like me some food, all right? So when I think of spread, I don't know about you, but I think about some peanut butter jelly, all right? I just do. I don't know why, all right? I think about Costco. You guys seen that big old jar of jelly, strawberry jelly? It's like this big. I will buy it just for me, all right? And when I think of spread, I think about getting one a big old spoon, one glob, and just smack, all right? Putting on there. And do I leave that just there on the center of the bread? No. What do I do? I spread it at every corner. I spread it at every place on that bread. You know what I'm saying? Come on, somebody. Some of you like a tortilla with butter. When you smack, all right, put all that, spread it everywhere, all right? What I think about is a spicy chicken deluxe number two with a lemonade. I get my Chick-fil-A, smack, all right, all over that spicy chicken sandwich, spread. I want to tell someone in the name of Jesus, we're called to spread the gospel message of Jesus Christ to every sphere of every place in society, to every neighborhood, to every family. We're called to be uh, spreaders of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Watch this. The message of Jesus is forgiveness, hope, healing, reconciliation, peace, love, and salvation. We are called to multiply. And the Bible says to multiply means to spread. Come on, somebody. You ought to give the Lord a clap for that. I love that point. Amen. And watch this. You say, Pastor Michael, well, how do I do that? Watch this. God will give you the opportunity to spread the message of the gospel. And what better time than right now to say, you know what? 
hey, I'd love for you to come to church with me to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, to give people hope. Multiplication cannot be done without transformation. Multiplication can't be done without transformation. In other words, only transformed people who's been changed by the gospel message can, are the ones who are going to be able to give it. And as I close, I will say this. This is how the Lord, I was meditating on, uh, and you know how you spread uh, the love of Jesus, by the, or excuse me, you know how you spread the message of Jesus? Not being preachy, but by being loving. One of, my, one, one of the most amazing men I know, sitting here in the front row, probably doesn't want me to talk about him at all. He preaches all the time. He hardly just uses words. His actions. I, my father has not done what this, father, this man has done for me. He's taught me to be a, a man. His voice, his leadership, all right. The way for him and his household, as he has shared with me and shown me, they will serve the Lord. That has impacted me. And he hardly used words. You see what I'm saying? You don't always got to be preachy, but just be loving. And, the, and, and your office and your co-creators say, what? That's, you're different because you act different. Be loving. I'm going to close with this. If I can have Jovan up here. What, what uh, I was meditating on is this, this week on the passion. And uh, uh, during this week, I was just meditating on the cross as I, as I was getting ready for Good Friday. Um, <clears throat> I was thinking about if I was at the cross, how I would feel, how I would react. Would I be like Peter <laughs> out and, you know, do my thing? How would I feel? if I would, how, Can you imagine how his mom felt? Can you imagine how John felt? They, they were perplexed. You know, there's two other men dying beside Jesus, by the way, if you not know that. They were actually thieves, and they did, did deserve that judgment. They were caught. Remember one thief said, Jesus, if you're the son of God and you're the miracle worker and you say who you are, get yourself off the cross. Then the other one said, Lord, I'm sorry. I messed up. But would you remember me? Would you at least think of me? I don't even think he thought he would go where Jesus is going. He probably just said, when you get to where you're going and I have faith, you know where you're going. Because I don't know where I'm going. Think of me, Jesus. Ooh, that's heavy. Think of me. Because um, I don't know where I'm going. How many of you feel like that sometimes? How many of you feel like that in this world we live in? Here's the truth of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Jesus wants you to know exactly where you're going. Friend, Jesus has prepared an eternity for you. And sometimes when I think if I was at the cross, I would. this is probably me and my human nature. I will say, don't die for me. I've messed up in my life, man. I've done drugs. I've partied. I've done, don't die for me. I'm not good enough. Your, your, your gift, God, you, you're so perfect and so holy. Don't do it for me. But that's what Jesus wants us to sit with. Because the gift is so good that you don't feel like you're worthy of that. You don't feel like you're good enough for that. You'll never feel good enough for that. That's why this gift is amazing grace. Oh, how sweet the sound that changed a wretch like me. Come on, somebody. God give you free grace. Even though we were yet sinners, he died for the unjust. Do you know where you're going to go today? Honestly. God doesn't want your eternity to be a mystery. It doesn't have to be. And Jesus says he's the only way, the truth, and the life. And the only way to the Father is through the Son. And Jesus says, if you stand for me before man, I will stand before you. I will stand for you before my Father. Wow. 
And he says, if you don't stand for me, culture, society, before my father, watch what he says, I will not stand, uh, I will not stand for you. You know what Jesus is saying? Oh, that's harsh, Jesus. You're not going to stand for me? But watch this. He, he can't. You know why? Because he, he, your judgment was placed on him. He can't make, he can't be justified. If people who don't know God, he can't, he can't stand for them. Why? Because their judgment has not taken place. But for believers, watch this. The judgment, every lie, every sin, every malicious thought, every time you talk under so, your breath about somebody, every time you sin, you cuss, whatever it is, that sin was placed on Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed for a second as we close out our service. Lord, we just thank you. And we just praise you. We just thank you on this Passion Sunday. And God, we just recollect and remember just the great love that you have for us. Lord, I, I, I ask, Father, as you're touching hearts and touching minds and altering mindsets, I pray, Father, that you would continue to shape people's lives and hearts and marriages and their, their purpose in their life, Father. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. I pray that it blessed you. It's so vital to do life together. That's why I would love to invite you to The Calling Church. Bring a friend. We would love to meet you. Also, stay connected to our church via our website, The Calling Church app, or our social media. God bless you.